I'm Lisa Bontesumi, and this is the Ath Mindset podcast series on sports epreneur. This podcast series is a space for conversations with athletes, coaches, practitioners, and stakeholders in sports. And it's where those individuals share their perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on mental health in sports. Eric Kazimoff of Sports Epreneur is generously hosting the Ath Mindset podcast series on his platform as he deeply believes that these conversations are essential and deserve to be prioritized. This is the Ath Mindset podcast series on Sports Epreneur. Sports Epreneur, the content platform where sports, entrepreneurship, and mental health collide. If you are looking to start a podcast or create original content, you have to talk with the team at Sports Epreneur. I work with them and I vouch for them. It's that simple. Go to sportse.io to learn more. Angela, tell me what is neurofeedback? I think it's a new thing. I would want my listeners to know about it, to be exposed to it. You're an expert in the area. What is neurofeedback? Yeah, so it's new to a lot of people, right? But it's actually been around since the 60s. So it's been around for quite a while. And because of technology and how technology has advanced, it is more accessible than it was years ago when it was used for, say, NASA and kind of just available to peak performers and that kind of thing and for research. Good point. It's been around, but not like accessible to the you and me's of the world. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and good to know, I think, for people who think it's kind of a new thing and like, oh my gosh, it's this new idea or new concept, but it, it really has been around for a long time and it's become quite safe and effective over the years. So, and again, there's, we spoke about this before, but there's different types of neurofeedback. So the type of neurofeedback that I work with, the technology that I work with is called neurooptimal neurofeedback. And neurooptimal is different than other types of neurofeedback, but I'll explain what it is. So neurooptimal is considered dynamical neurofeedback. So it's working directly with the central nervous system and allowing the central nervous system to make decisions. So it's not pushing any specific protocols on the brain or saying, oh, you have anxiety, let's push this protocol and that's going to help you. So with neurooptimal and all neurofeedback, just to kind of as a subject, neurofeedback uses EEG sensors. So whether it's a whole cap that has a little gel that goes in it or for neurooptimal, it's a pretty simple setup. It uses two sensors that go on the head and two ear clips on the right ear and one on the left. And they use an EEG conductive pace. So what's happening is during the session, those little sensors are measuring the brain activity. And then the software is analyzing it and the brain is receiving feedback about what it's just done. So it's almost like the brain being able to look in a mirror, just like you go to the gym and maybe... If you're ever to try to do weights and not in front of a mirror, maybe your form isn't as good as when you walk into the mirror, like, oh, wait a second, I need to stand up straighter. Wait, look at I'm hunched over. Just the same way that a mirror promotes self-correction or we fix our hair or whatever it is, immediately we just do it without any, you know, you walk by a, a window and you see your, your reflection, you stand taller. Or, so it works the same way where the brain's picking up this information that it doesn't get anywhere else. And it goes, oh, do I need to do that? Oh, I guess I, I don't need to do that. Or, you know, it's just going to decide whatever it wants to do. So you'll be listening to music and through these little interrupts in the music, that's the feedback that's coming back to the brain. 
So it's almost like the software saying, hey, you just did that. And the brain goes, oh, I did? Oh, okay. What can I do about that? So over time with these little interrupts, it's training the brain for greater resilience and flexibility. So I like to think of it as just like going to the gym and training all your muscles, you're training your brain, which has all kinds of outcomes that are positive for performance and well-being and all kinds of things. So absolutely. Thank you for that thorough explanation. I mean, I'm all about athlete mental health. I think that when we have in my space tools and skills that we can use for optimal mental sport performance, then there's more confidence, motivation doesn't wane, things like that. I mean, the mental tool of biofeedback in which neurofeedback is a form of helps us develop the mental skill of arousal reduction. So what that means is that it helps us develop the mental skill of identifying what our emotions are, sensations in our bodies, and then it helps us reduce it to a point where it does not impact our performance. Like for example, right? Like if there's a hitter, a baseball or softball player at the plate, I'm super anxious. Like, oh my gosh, I can't focus on what I need to focus on. I'm thinking about other things. I'm sweating. I'm like, not in the moment. That something like neurofeedback can help the ability for the brain to respond and then minimize the impact of too much emotional arousal. So I think it's huge. I mean, one thing I've learned from you is that it's a passive experience and I've done it. My husband's done it. Both my kids, one is a high-performing softball player and then my six-year-old who still asks me, when are we going to go again? But like, they just sit there. It's like listening to music, like listening to radio and they can do their homework. They can draw. They can like, how does that work that like you can actually just sit there and receive it and not do anything? What's the science behind that? Yeah, it's because the brain is always picking up on information. It's always aware of the surroundings. Like if my dog were to bark right now, I'd be aware of that, but I'm still talking to you. And it's because it's an information detective system, it's always picking up on information. And so it's picking up on those feedback cues in the music, regardless of if you're paying attention or not. So those little interrupts are prompting the brain and because it's calling its attention, it's the brain is prompted to reorganize itself for greater efficiency. And so each training session, you can sit there passively, you can even take a nap, but the brain's picking up on that information to become more efficient. A lot of people can understand or resonate with kind of the meditation analogy. So if everybody knows the benefits of meditation and how you know there's so much more research coming out about how it changes the brain and the benefits of that for being calm and present and all of those things. And so when you are doing the neurofeedback training session, if you were to meditate, you'd be consciously like, oh yeah, back to present, back to present. Whereas with the neurofeedback, those little interrupts are working directly with your central nervous system outside of your awareness saying, hey, back to present. And so that helps to train the nervous system very quickly because you're not consciously making the effort to make those changes. So it's training it outside of your awareness. And so like when you were talking about the batter up up at the plate and someone who's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so nervous in this situation. My palms are what do I do? So what they would notice with neurofeedback is that they would be able to feel more calm and present in those situations and just totally effortlessly because it creates these changes in the brain to where it becomes more resilient. And it says, oh, 
we don't need to respond all chaotic in this situation. We're fine. We're safe. We know what to do here. We've been playing softball since we were five years old. It's all good. Uh-huh. So the brain just responds in a totally different way, right? Which is uh-huh. everything uh-huh. <laughs> because totally it's not good to be all stressed out in that situation. Yeah. I mean, I've learned too that the brain wants to be optimal. You talk about that. The brain is, for lack of a better word, malleable. And you use this word like neuroplasticity, like that the brain wants the feedback to be its best. Yes. Almost. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is such a great tool to have access. Tell us about your work with athletes and teams around this technology and what you've seen different in the way that they perform or anecdotally talk about it. Yeah. And I just had a comment about their last comment about how the brain wants to be efficient. And just one thing that came to mind was when I think about this work, it's the brain becomes dysregulated from trauma and from all these life experiences and stress really dysregulates the central nervous system. So when the central nervous system is dysregulated, people have excessive worry and trouble sleeping and brain fog and anxiety, all these things that are not efficient for the brain, but they develop as patterns as a result of the nervous system being stressed. And so that's another thing about the training is calming the central nervous system and building that resilience. That's part of it. It's just like training a muscle that's out of shape. And when you train the brain to become stronger and more resilient, those things kind of just melt away because you're exactly right. The brain wants to be efficient. It doesn't want to waste energy on these other cycling over the last play and oh my gosh, what's happening now? It's very content if it can just be here now in the present moment and not wasting energy on all these other things. Yes. And not being too aroused, not being again, back to the arousal reduction that neurofeedback can provide us, right? Is that we're not too aroused to be able to stay in the moment. We can, like our emotions and our simple sensations aren't taking us all different places away from the moment. So exactly. No, I like that. I like that. So yeah, with the athletes, a little short backstory, but I got involved in this because I was going through cancer treatments, as you know, when I was in my early 30s. And that's how I found neurofeedback because I was dealing with a lot of anxiety and PTSD and all kinds of stuff that I was really struggling. And the neurofeedback helped me so much. But it was funny because I'd play golf since I was 13. The changes with the neurofeedback can be so subtle and seamless that you don't even recognize like, oh, I'm sleeping through the night. I was, and I was tossing and turning for months prior to this. You just kind of don't even, it's so subtle. And so one day I was out on the golf course and I was just hitting the ball effortlessly. It was like, something's really different about this. I was hitting the ball longer and just effortless swing. And so I really had to stop and think about like, what's happening here? And then I knew that I had heard that neurofeedback was good for golf and So it was just this experience of what has changed here. And I really had to think about, okay, what's different about me hitting the ball in between since I was 13? And well, when people are looking at you, I'm thinking in my head, oh, keep your left arm straight. How's your stance? But all of that wasn't there. It was just this quiet, oh, your body knows what to do. And being able to access your natural body's abilities to do what it knows how to do. And so that's what we see with sports is, Professional athletes, they've been playing since they were little kids. They know how to play baseball. They know how to play soccer. Their body knows what to do. When things go wrong, it's all between here, right? So yeah, 
It's our minds playing tricks on us and trying to convince us yes. that we don't know what we're supposed to do when we've been doing it all along, right? I mean, the most elite athletes know that it's your mental approach to your game that takes you to the next level because everybody reaches their peak physically. It's how do you engage the mental aspect? And I think this is part of it. That's a great example of the sort of automation that occurs that all athletes want. That zone, the flow state, the automation, like to just be in there and just do it. Just do it. I mean, don't think about doing it. It just happens. And when you're in flow, you're not thinking what's happening here. What's different from this neurofeedback? No, you're just in flow and it feels natural and it feels good. But you might not even recognize that things have shifted and you're just like, all of a sudden you have this effortless swing and your whole body's, everything's in flow. So I would say for the athletes, particularly like working with an MLB team, the changes that we saw immediately was one of the big things was sleep, anxiety, performance anxiety, feeling less anxious, just overall sense of calm. I think the sleep is just huge. The fact that so many of the athletes that I've worked with, that's the first thing that optimizes. And I think there's such a epidemic of sleep issues in professional sports with the traveling and whatnot. And so I think that's a really big benefit alone, you know, just that alone. But then the mental piece, the well-being that they experience decreased like worry and that kind of thing, even like improving physical reaction time, feeling like they're breaking through workouts, like maybe a weight training workout that they'd said that they got to a certain level and they'd be like, oh, in my head, I knew I couldn't pass this weight. Like That's my max. And just blowing through that without even thinking about it because that little mental chatter wasn't there anymore to tell them they couldn't do it. Mm. So little things like that, but are really big. And again, like the resilience to bounce back from the last play and get back in the game and not be out here still cycling, thinking about it. For pitchers, it was just blocking out the chatter and being able to really narrow in and focus. So yeah, just a lot, a lot of different benefits. And I think it's cool that it really helps with not only performance, but recovery, mental health, well-being. It's like across the board, it's really helping in a lot of different areas, not only performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because in the end, athletes at any level, even the highest are humans. <laughs> they need to have that overall well-being and overall solid mental health to be able to even step on their field of play, whatever that is. You know, I've found in my work that the mental chatter or like negative thoughts that you're describing is like a big, big hindrance to performing at their peak, at the way that we know they can physically. Yeah. Like if they play one game and they're able to perform at a certain level and then like two days later, they can't, like nothing's changed physically in those two days where for someone to like maybe not perform, it's all what they're thinking about and what's going on in there. And so we have to be able to keep training the brain, keep using skills and tools in conjunction with neurofeedback to just keep, if that's the work, that's the work. We got to just keep coming back and keep coming back to the moment, keep telling our brain it's okay. And like you said, it's safe. Mm -hmm. What would a, a session look like? And how long would it be? And like how many times a week or month would an athlete find benefits? Yeah, well, it's pretty individual. So it's always kind of led by the client, but the session looks like a quick hookup of the little sensors, the five sensors, like we talked about. 
and then just relaxing, listening to the music of the program. Like at the MLB team, they just had like zero gravity recliner chairs and three of the guys would come in after a practice and lay in the chair and relax and do their half hour session. Or maybe they did it before a game to calm down. So it's pretty individual in terms of what people feel like it's going to work ongoing. It's going to create cumulative changes. And you're not going to like need it in that moment, for example, like right before a start or something like that. But some people do find that it really helps to just come and center them before they go out for play. So it can be individual like that. And then we were doing a twice a week, two to three times a week program for six weeks. So that seemed to build some good changes even in that time. And then more sporadically across the season, just kind of in their crazy schedule whenever they could get it in. And then, you know, we've had people who maybe rent a system, an individual athlete who might rent a system and they want to just go at it and get in 30 sessions in a month. And that's okay too. You can do it every day if you wanted to. So it's just based on the individual and what they want to do. So, yeah. I mean, I think you speak to like the time, the ability to have access to the technology, all play a factor, and then how they're feeling. I know that what was important for me when I started it with you was like taking that survey at the beginning, because like you said, it's so subtle, taking a survey at the beginning and then taking it maybe a month or two later and just keep tracking it. Because sometimes you don't realize it or you might look back and be like, oh, wow, like, okay, I've been doing this differently and that feels differently. And like, that's cool. But I think sometimes the athletes really want to see the result. And so that it's cool that you can show that. Neurooptimal, how would an athlete, like we're in California, how would an athlete in California, the Bay Area, actually like benefit like from the service? Could they come to you? Could you come to their house? How does it work? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly if they're in the Bay Area, we have the Brain Spa, as you know. So I co-own the Bay Area Brain Spa. It's actually a great place for athletes to hang out because we have not only the neurofeedback, but a lot of different tools that help with performance and recovery, as well as if they're looking to see how well their brain is performing. We also have the cutting edge technology. It's called the Wavi Performance Brain Scan. So they could come in and do a brain scan pre, they could do some neurofeedback, they could do a post scan. So There's a lot of different things that we could do to work with them here if they're near the facility in the Bay Area. And then I definitely do either remote work. So I would ship out a unit to them and then do remote coaching and walk them through the whole process and be available that way. And that works well because the hookup is so easy. And so we can do video calls and all of that. It's it's so nice with technology that we can... (laughs) We can be far away, but still work together. So, and then going on site to a team and actually building out a whole program for a team as well. So those would be the different options. Awesome. Yes. I know that your story is personal about what brought you to this work. What keeps you in this work? What inspires you to stay in this work? Yeah, it's just helping people. It's seeing the transformation and just knowing that you talk to somebody who's suffering or you talk to somebody that's working on certain goals and and just knowing that we can help them. And so it's always amazing to see the different changes with people. I work with not only athletes, but my work too with like the cancer community and giving back that way to knowing that I can really help that demographic and knowing what I've been through 
and being able to support them. And so definitely the idea of working with athletes and then funneling back, you know, those funds or resources to really support different communities who really need the services and maybe can't afford it or couldn't otherwise access it is definitely something that keeps me going. So that's a big one. Absolutely. No, I think that that's important. I mean, I find that the folks that are can continue to be inspired and are passionate is because they're helping people and they're helping a group of people that they have personal connection with. Yes. So the cancer community being really a place that you continue to pour into is huge and that rounds you. That's inspiring. And so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I think the whole thing with the athletes is I just kind of fell into just the love for working with someone who's at the top of their game and really helping them to release any limiting beliefs and just helping them to to really unlock their full potential through the different coaching and the biohacking tools that we have and that kind of thing and the neurofeedback. And um, it's just a fun process to help out with. Absolutely. I mean, I see the benefits in my daughter who's been coming regularly, not just in her performance on the softball field, in the field and at bat, but like how she handles her like test anxiety. She's freshman. She's at a college preparatory school. And so there's like finals that are happening right now, like in college style. And she's what the heck? But like her test taking anxiety has gone down like really, really noticeably. Good. That's amazing. And it's really great to hear and to see. And then in softball, you have to try out like every season almost because the fit changes, like teams like disband, different reasons. And so she had tryouts this past weekend. And I was like, oh my God, like she's killing it at the plate right now. Like those were homers. They were like homers. She was proud. And like she had to ground herself though. So it's not like it's this thing that's going to happen, right? Like she... Struggled for a little bit. She stepped out of the box, breathed, did her thing. And so when we do our own arousal reduction exercises and tools to get us there, the fact that there's neurofeedback already in our system, so to speak, helps us make those skills more efficient for us. So I saw it. I saw it right away because they had a series of pitches they had to hit and then they did something else. And then she came back and had everyone, the coach had everyone do three more hits. And I was like, oh, whoa. There was a grounding that happened just in those moments for her to be like, I'm asked to be hit again. Let me just go. And I didn't see her like face like stressing or like her body tightening up. And like with each hit that like was felt good and was good, like she got more and more relaxed. So. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. And she hasn't had very many sessions. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I mean, already to have that, like yeah, yeah. months ago to more current, like it all adds up. Oh yeah. It all adds up. Yeah. No, it definitely builds and that's great. It's going to be so great for her. And I know, you know, my daughter has done it since she was in first grade and she's the same age as your daughter, 14 and high level competitive dancer. And it really helped to bring her out of her shell and to be confident going on stage when you've got five judges looking at your feet and judging every single little move you make. And it's just insanely, you know, it's like the Olympic trials, some of these competitions <laughs> that they go to, they're so tough. So yeah, to be able to have that for her as a tool 
And I think just in life too, she's it's helped her to be more outgoing and confident and confident in her schoolwork. And like you said, the test anxiety, we just, we don't see those kind of things so much, you know, with both of the kids, I feel like it's just empowered them so much and in their life and in their school and in their sports. So no, I think it's awesome. And I think that word is important, empowering that like they can feel comfortable in their own skin, especially as teenagers, you know, they don't (laughs) inherently. Right. And then to like be performing and we're already the teenagers, especially girls are more developmentally in this place where they're hyper-vigilant about their own bodies. Like they're like a little bit, they're just too, I don't want to say too focused, hyper-focused because that's just where they're at. And then like to be able to feel calm enough to just show up day-to-day to their social group and circle in school and then to be playing their sport, it's a lot. And so a tool like this is huge for all of those components of young humans' life like our kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I hope to extend it to more teenagers because we are really, with the pandemic, it's things are really a struggle right now. And there are a lot of teens and kids who are really suffering from just even going back to school still, in-person learning and all the time that's been lost and the social effects of being in a mask and all of that. And there's a lot of devastation to the kids and their mental health through this whole time. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to collaborating further with you on that mission and that purpose. I think there's a lot of work we can do and are doing. So I'm really, really continue to be inspired and excited. Well, thank you for those questions. And thank you for this conversation and taking your time to be here. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you soon. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. It was fun as always. And I'm looking forward to, I don't know when, this spring, whenever we're going to start doing something fun together. So I'm excited. Yes, me too. Yes. And hopefully we'll see you soon as well. One of my favorite things about our Sportsypreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at sportsepreneur. Thank you for listening to this CadSource production, the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Sportsypreneur is a content platform, a collaborative team, and a marketing brand that is all about showcasing leaders and difference makers in and around the world of sports. While we create our own content, we also create content with you. This includes collaborative content and exclusive content for your brand. Think podcasts, blogs, social media, and overall content strategy. Our sports content marketing team is specifically niche for those in the sports industry. That includes sports businesses, athletes, managers, coaches, trainers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in the sports market. The bottom line is we want to help with your sports-related brand, your content marketing, and your story. Connect with us on Instagram at sportsepreneur or find us online at sportsepreneur.com. Sportsypreneur, the content platform where sports and entrepreneurship collide.